for your weekly dose of nostalgia with the 80s and 90s Uncensored. I am Milo Dennison. And I'm Jamie Fenderson. And today we're talking about Lethal Weapon. AMC just did like a Lethal Weapon marathon and it showed all of them. Like I think one and two the first two nights, three or four the second night or something like that. And it was like, damn, Lethal Weapon is a damn good movie. Yeah, Lethal Weapon's awesome, dude. And they were buddy cop movies more or less before this one yeah you had 48 hours and even before back to the 70s 60s even to the 50s you can find kind of kind of buddy cop things it's not like it's a new like the first buddy cop movie but it's the quintessential buddy cop movie right it's like the defining buddy cop movie so when you think buddy cop movie I think Lethal Weapon. I think everybody thinks Lethal Weapon. That's the buddy cop action movie standard. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You've got two cops who are put together. They're opposites in regards to the personality. At first, they don't get along, but then they have to solve the crime, and then they become pals, and action and comedy ensues. Yeah, a lot of explosions, a lot of great stunts, pretty much. you got Richard Donner directing it. Yep, you've got a fight scene at the end. And the the fight scene was pretty cool. I remember the fight scene because um they wanted to the producers wanted to have like some different kind of fighting than what you normally saw. So they brought in some I think four advisors with different kind of styles that, that weren't very well known. One of them being Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which is like what that end fight was based on. Is I mean, we know about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu now, but back then we didn't really know. It was like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, like that sounds like Brazilian Japanese. What? What? Do you, what is that? But that they use that kind of stuff, which I thought was a really cool fight scene. Yeah, absolutely. With Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, it's like we know that now. Everybody talks lots. It's like the in thing and stuff. But back in the eighties, it was there was karate. That's you know because we saw the karate, <laughs> karate and that was that was kind of it. Karate, <laughs> exactly. Or in Kung Fu, too, because we had Kung Fu movies, so we knew Kung yeah. Fu. But we didn't know Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. We're like, what? Did I have that at the Brazilian Steakhouse? What is Jiu-Jitsu? That sounds like a dish. <laughs> and it's exactly how that final fight's supposed to work, too. It's like, one, you know, he's got the gun. It's like, you know, I could rest him. I could shoot him, but... I'm going to toss this aside and we're going to duke it, duke it out mano a mano. And you've got like Murtoff to the side, be like, hey, everybody stand back, let him fight it out, let him fight it out. It, very macho, very 80s macho, which makes it great. But yeah, so you have uh, the character that Mel Gibson plays is Riggs. And he's kind of like this borderline nutsoid suicidal guy. He shouldn't be doing a his cop gig because he's got issues right but he's badass because he was like a soldier back in nam or whatever and then Mar marta he's kind of the older guy and and he just wants to retire and, and i love danny glover's line like everybody loves it right i'm too old for this shit everybody knows it exactly but you know what? I'm even older now than Danny Glover was when he played in that movie. He was supposed to be 50 in that movie, but he's actually he was only 40 when he played it. So I'm actually like we're older than Danny Glover was. So we can actually say I'm too old for this shit. And we're legitimately too old for and it. It's like legit because when I said it back in 
when I was a kid in 87. I'm too old for this shit. This sounds cool, but you're totally not too old for that shit. But now we are, dude. <laughs> yeah. So 1987, you put Richard Donner, who directed things like Goonies, uh, Superman. So he was good at doing that kind of like uh, action flick, but also had a bit of a comedy in it, which actually contributed to this film being the way it was. So the original script by uh, Shane Black was actually much darker. It was more like Dirty Harry. And then um, Joe Silver, who we know as a producer for stuff like um, Predator, uh, Die Hard, which you could compare this to Die Hard as like two of the quintessential 80s action flicks. Mm -hmm. uh, so you put those two together and they like, well, let's take that super dark script. Let's put a little bit of lightness in it. Uh, let's add crazy cop or I'm too old for this shit cop uh, and uh, turn it into a quintessential buddy cop film. But but it's but it's action packed, so it's like it's a Die Hard thing. Like Die Hard was the same way. Like it's kind of this cop thing, but it's it's got explosions, it's got gunfights, it's got fistfights, it's got all that stuff that you just like in an '80s kind of action buddy cop. But it's but it's also got some that a lot of that comedy because it's actually love pretty funny in a lot of places. It, it's pretty funny to lighten it up, which is good. Especially like some of the relationships with Murtaugh's family, uh, the relationship between the two of them, because of course, the is he crazy? Is he not crazy? The uh, the the great line is like, "Have you ever met anyone you haven't killed?" It's like, "I haven't killed you yet." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and he's kind of crazy because he has like, I don't think he's crazy because he's like mentally that way. Like normally, I think like he he's dealing with a lot of like loss. And he's just dealing with too much and it's overloading him. And so he's he's suicidal and he's putting a gun to his head every once in a while. Like, am I going to do it? Am I going to do it? A little piece of trivia. There was actually a, a blank in that gun, which doesn't sound dangerous, but ac actually could be because if you're too close, it could still kill you. So they wanted he, he wanted to have that blank in there so he could really feel like a suicidal guy, like suicidal tendency, dude. That's how um, Brandon Lee died, actually, was, I believe, from a gun that had a blank in it, and he put it too close to his head. Yeah, apparently, the producer or director producers of Hamlet, when they saw Mel Gibson's performance in this, that helped contribute to them offering him the role in Hamlet because oh. of the like kind of crazy, depressed, suicidal thing that he had going on in this. So it was a good performance. Well, Danny Glover got um, the, one of the producers saw him color per the color purple. So it looks like they were looking for some people who could do some dramatic stuff as well as comedy and action, right? They're, they're, they obviously had other people in mind for for each of these roles at various mm -hmm. points, and that's the way any Hollywood film is. Like, there's talk about at one point they were actually looking at Bruce Willis for this role, the Mel Gibson for Die Hard kind of a thing. But I believe when they paired Mel Gibson and Danny Glover up for a reading together. They just gelled so well that it was like th they were able to say, okay, yeah, these are the guys. These are the ones that are going to make it happen. I think that's one of the reasons why this movie works. Cause if you get to like, in a buddy cop movie like this, you need to have two people who can work well on screen, I guess, you know, and they do, right. It's like, they, they got it going on. They're they're almost like you almost believe they're actually like buddy cops, you know. 
Well, exactly. And you'd buy it. Like back then, Mel Gibson was in shape. He was kind of tough and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. uh, they, they were well suited for the roles. And of course, we shouldn't keep going by mentioning Gary Busey as the bad guy in this film, who yeah. prior to this, his career was kind of starting to go on the downhill. He was getting, gaining some weight and stuff. So he got super fit for this role in order to come across as the bad guy in the film and nailed it. Yeah, yeah. He was really, he's creepy. It's you know what's interesting too. Danny Glover would go up against him again in Predator Two, and they, he was a cop, and he was also like an ex-soldier turned weird CIA dude, weird guy. It, they did it again, man. It's the same universe, dude. <laughs> yep, Predator and Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. It's all the same universe, exactly. Fifteen million budget made one hundred and twenty million in revenue, which was kind of cool as well. And I was I was th talking about this. I was thinking about this the other day of how if they were to do this nowadays, which I'm surprised they haven't rebooted yet. I know they've talked about doing another sequel, but um, if they were doing this nowadays, like it would be a very different movie with like the way action films are done with like all constant you know quick cuts and shaky camera stuff that they didn't really do in this. And there's that scene where they're in the desert where. Murtaugh is going to meet to get his daughter and Riggs is out sniping and stuff because they think Riggs is dead. And if you watch that scene now, it's a really long scene, a sequence yeah, yeah. yeah, of just him standing there and then the car coming up and then like the helicopter flying up. And it, it goes on for quite a long time. And I'm like, there's no way they would have this sequence take that long in a modern film. But it creates suspense, which is what makes it work. Yeah. And did you know that rifle that he had? When he was covering with that, that was a ten thousand dollar rifle that they had to buy, and it was like a. There's only two like it in the U.S. It was made in Germany at the time, West Germany, and they bought it for ten thousand dollars just to use in the movie. <laughs> that's how badass this movie is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's this movie, man. They bought ten thousand dollar rifle from like specially awesome rifle from Germany just to have in that scene. You know they wouldn't do that in today's reboot. They wouldn't do that. Cheap ass. They're gonna But didn't they reboot not. this, Milo? Didn't they have a reboot? Is it a is it another movie or something? Did they it was what did a, they do with this? It was a series. So they oh, it was like a TV it. show. It was a TV show. It was started with Damon Wayne's and Klein Crawford. And I believe Crawford was in the first two seasons and then they killed him off because basically behind the scenes, he was a total prick to work with. And so they fired him. And then they brought in Sean William Scott, I think for the third. And I don't know if they did four seasons or three. I watched the first two and it actually was a good, pretty good series. It was good. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it, it took the, you know, buddy cop thing perfectly the two of them not getting along well but then like buddying up and all that kind of stuff it's one of the rare movies turned series like this that actually they did a pretty good job with it unlike the magnum pi or the macgyver ones which both suck it was actually pretty <laughs> good yeah and i didn't watch it once they brought sean william scott on so i don't know if that contributed to it getting canceled i think it eventually just got canceled because Damon Wayans didn't want to do it anymore. I'm not honestly not really too sure, but yeah. I can vouch for the first couple of seasons were pretty good. Huh? Well, did it have that quick cut action? I mean, you can't really compare movies with TV though. I mean, they, but they're filmed kind of in a different way. Yeah, they are filmed. It, it certainly was more of a like cop TV series, 
but no, it didn't have too much of the irritating quick cuts and close-ups and stuff. And I, maybe it was made just before that really started happening. I don't, I don't know what year it was actually made, but it wasn't bad. I honestly will admit it. Hmm. Well, that's cool. Maybe I'll ch- think about checking it out and I won't, but I'll think about it at least. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were talking about doing another movie with Mel Gibson and all those guys. And, and mm-hmm. apparently, um, Ridley or Richard Donner was working on, or was it Joe Silver was working on a script, but then he died, I think in 2000 and 2020, I think a couple of years ago. Mm. And supposedly uh, Mel Gibson took the script and has kind of been reworking on it, but it's kind of hard to see how they're going to do it. I mean, they're both too old for this shit at this point, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> they're beyond too old for this shit. Yeah. So maybe they're like retired and, and, uh, see, and here's the thing. If they do it again and, and it's going to be a, Oh, but we're going to get the younger generation in and guide them. It's the same bullshit. Don't do it guys. Don't do it. And especially like, I didn't, I like the second one. Yeah. The second one was pretty good too, which sequels usually aren't, but this one was another Richard Donner thing. And he, and it was the second lethal weapon was pretty good. And I liked it. The third one, I don't know. I like Joe Pesci, but it was I too only much like Joe him Pesci. when I like him. But when I don't, I don't. Um, and I didn't. It, it, the third one is when they started adding too many people. Like they added, um, what's her name for Riggs to play off of? Because they needed to like, you know, the they first one. female that they're exactly, not going to kill off. That they're not going to kill off, which was nice that they like, okay, let's add her, but not kill her off like we have the past two. Yeah, the second no, spoiler one. Spoiler alert. If you haven't yeah. seen Lethal Weapon, Riggs loses his girlfriends a lot, which is why he's suicidal. Yeah, so first one he loses his wife, the second one he loses his girlfriend. But to be honest, they barely knew each other in the second one. Come on. That's it's true. Quite, quite overly dramatic about it. Yeah, a little bit. But then the fourth one was like, it was like a full-length episode of Full House, action-packed Full House, like the last season of Full House where everybody's having babies and they're just talking about family and we're all family and they just all feel good with the family and all that all the time. Oh, and we got a guy like trying to set the city on fire or whatever, and we got to go fight him. But, but otherwise it was like, basically reminded me of the last season of full house. And I'm like, Oh gosh. So, I mean, that's probably, if they, if they made one now, it'd be like the Cosby show or something like, They'd have my this is my son's daughter's cousin's boyfriend, whatever. Yeah, they'd have to cut some people out. I know Joe Pesci has basically said he's retired from acting, so that would be good that you don't have Joe Pesci. And and same, I like Joe Pesci, but his character in the those two films was it was just too much. Like he was okay for the second movie because they didn't introduce him right away. And well, and he wasn't like super main. He was just kind of there, but exactly. But then, like, you get into the third and fourth, and he's like basically a main character and then in the fourth you got chris rock you got the daughter you got yeah the girls more comedians than you do action stars Mm -hmm. it's like okay i know it's an action comedy but it's not a comedy action right like how did we cross that threshold yeah they went too far and of course they're rescuing an asian family of immigrants that's dealing with the family of the bad guys and it was just like yeah family versus family was pretty badass though Oh, he was badass. I mean, some of the fight sequences were pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but um, 
no, it was just, it was, unfortunately, it was a pretty bad movie. There was just too much going on in it. And yeah. they, you know, the, the first two were good because it was basically about Riggs and Murtaugh. It was their relationship, their, their personalities conflicting, but becoming friends. And like the, the second one, it kept going on that same path, right? But then you get into the third and fourth and it's like, it kind of dipped away from what the really the first two films were about and what made them good and just focusing on those two characters. Yeah. I think that's why the first two were good. And especially the first one was good is it's, it's, it's about these two guys and it's really mm. that buddy cop thing. They didn't have the Joe Pesci third wheel or the chick. We're not going to kill off or Chris rock. <laughs> yeah. Or, all, you know, the whole Tanner family joining in, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they introduced the Tanner family. They had, like, a couple scenes, and it was nice at the end. They sit down and have dinner together kind of thing. But that wasn't what the film was about. That was just kind of a little comedy and establishing her, who Murtaugh was as a character and, and his you know where he gets a lot of his stuff from. Well, there's one last piece of trivia I thought you might find interesting if you didn't see it is, I guess, Mel Gibson. You know, he does a lot of the three stooges thing in in the movie like acts like curly and he's he's kind of he when he goes crazy he goes straight up like three stooges well uh, mel gibson is actually in real life a big three stooges fan yeah. and he actually produced that movie in 2000 he, he, he like produced that because he's like a super fan yeah was it a documentary or was it a movie like i i i, well, I, don't, I mean i guess I'm, they're both movies but yeah, yeah, I was. It was. It was called. It was just called the Three Stooges. It was a biopic. It wasn't the movie like the the remake. It was kind of a biopic, like a documentary about them. Okay. And he produced this kind of biopic about these guys in two thousand because he's such a big fan. So I thought that was interesting that his whole shtick in the movie was the Three Stooges, and then turns out he's like a super fan. <laughs> he's like, I got this. I know all the moves. I know the nose thing and the pokey eyes. Yeah, because like he go crazy sometimes on criminals and go straight up three stooges on them, which is pretty funny. <laughs> you know, I think is kind of annoying though, is how everybody's got the diehard Christmas movie action film argument, but they don't have that same thing with this. Is does this happen at Christmas time? This happens at Christmas time. Yeah, dude. This is basically a Christmas. This is in the same way it happens over multiple days, whereas diehards over like, you know, just one night. But it happens, it takes place at Christmas time. The sequels don't, but this one does. When they do the bit where they run the car through the house, it actually crashes into the Christmas tree. It ends with Riggs giving Murtaugh's daughter the bullet as a Christmas gift. And then Murtaugh comes out and he's like, hey, come get in here. Have you know Christmas dinner with me and the family. Oh, yeah. Well, Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie now, guys. So why don't you guys start arguing about that? Why don't we start arguing about that? That's a good point. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, back then, people, this came out in March of 87. People actually didn't know, really know about it. It didn't get a lot of marketing budget. But they say Ebert is the one who really like kind of saved this movie because he gave it such a good review. And he said he really liked it. And he wrote about it. And he was on a show. And everybody's like, oh, okay. So I think everybody says Ebert really kind of saved this movie. Yeah, he really liked it. So we'll good ask him. him. It's up to him whether it's a Christmas movie or not. Well, unfortunately, he's dead. So mm -hmm. what would what would Ebert say what if he were alive say? and had to have that debate? <laughs> 
Let's have kind of, a seance. Be like Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert Where's is the world, lethal world, weapon of Christmas movies. Turn, turn the, the get the Ouija board out. <laughs> what are you guys doing? We're we're trying to channel Roger the spirit of Roger Ebert to see if Lethal Weapon is a is a Christmas movie or not. Because <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> Here's an interesting Ouija board fat trivia fact for you. The Ouija board gave itself its name. So when people that were creating the Ouija board, it was around prior to that, basically the idea of it. And these people were like, okay, let's make it as a game and package it up. And what do we want to call it? They sat around the Ouija board and played the Ouija board and the the little thing moved to those names and that's how it got its name. Mm -hmm. So the Ouija board named itself. Creepy dude. And, and it's creepy. actually a, a brand name like Band-Aid and, you know, that gets used as the product. Yeah. Well, that's creepy. Ouija trivia for you, kids. <laughs> nice. Good to know. Now we know so much. <laughs> but what you if you but what you need to know is if you haven't seen Lethal Weapon yet, at least the first one, just go have a fun, get some popcorn, have a fun night of it. And I find it hard to believe that any member of our audience has not seen it. But could be right. though, you could be there could be a couple right now going, Oh shit, that's me. And then they're embarrassed, and then they're never going to listen to us again. Why are you going to be like that, bro? Yeah, they're <laughs> going to be like, well, I already know that Riggs' wife is dead, so I guess I might as well not watch it. I know I know how it ends with the fight sequence. And it's probably on cable, so if you have cable, it, go... it was on AMC. I watched it. I've seen this movie a dozen times, man. It was on the other night, and I'm like, I'm still watching totally it, and it's still good. Totally, totally rewatchable. Re 100%. Go rewatch it. It's on. It's on AMC right now. Go watch it. Well, it was. I don't know if it still is. You can stream it. No, you got to be able to stream it somewhere. Yeah. Well, uh, folks, if you have seen it or you want to talk about that, you can always reach us on our website, which is the80sand90s.com. You can reach us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the80sand90s.com. You can give us a review because you love our show on whatever podcast player it is you listen to us on. And with that, we will say we are out here because we're too old for this shit. <laughs>